the finale fight, if anybody clocks it, I believe it's seven minutes and yeah. 12 seconds. On the script, it said they fight. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> What's up, guys? Today's guest is a professional action director. Please welcome to the Jamcast, Mr. Larnell Stovall. Thank you, Travis. What's Thank up, you for Welcome, me, man. How are appreciate you, it. man? Dude, I, I really appreciate you fitting in the time to do this. I know you're a man with a busy schedule. Huh. Kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, too. You're yeah. a family man and a businessman. So I'm trying. You got the double duty, man. That's yeah. amazing. And I know you. Uh, we were just kind of talking about it off camera. We haven't seen each other in like maybe a year. Yeah, it's been a year. Yeah. We we talk more on social media and text than I think in person. I think everybody does that now. <laughs> yeah, It'd be at jam texting each other from across the room. Yeah, <laughs> liking posts. Yeah, yeah. That's it. man. Yeah. Twenty twenty. It's it's a shock to hear that twenty twenty is crazy. Yeah, it's gonna be a great year, man. You know, lots of things are happening industry wise, and uh, looking forward to meeting a lot of new people this year. Hopefully, a hundred percent projects. And now this is kind of funny. I didn't bring this up before because I. I wanted to, to see, uh, I wanted to bring this up on the Jamcast, but uh, my first previs I ever did in Los Angeles was with you at 8711. <laughs> wow. It was a long time ago, and to be honest with you, I don't even remember the project. I, we may have been doing some, like, superhero type stuff, but uh, I remember I jumped on the line for you, and uh, I was one of the littlest guys there, so you gave me a lot of shots. And this was, like, this is 2008. <laughs> Jeez. And I don't expect you to remember this. Oh, no, no, no. I, I think just I had remember. to tell you this. I, no, I think I remember now. Yeah. Uh, Bunraku. Yes, it may have been Bunraku Concepts Bunraku. before you yeah, went out there. it was with uh, Clay Barber yes. as well. No, we, who we, had, we had Brewster, we yeah. had Fern, we had Holland. Um, my goodness, yeah, Justin Eaton. Yeah. I remember being like the new kid that just got put in the mix because I just got to L.A. And yeah. like I wasn't expecting to go on the project. They were just That's like, come crazy. down and just get wrecked for the day. And I was like, yeah. okay. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, the crazy thing about that is, and, you know, um, long story short, that was a project where not too many people knew we only had three weeks of previs on that. Wow. And the whole project had 26 action sequences. And very dynamic action sequences, too. All I remember is uh, eat, sleep, breathing fights for three weeks straight. And it was insane. But, yeah, that was a good time, man. You brought a lot of... Uh, friends out as well. Yes, we did. Core guys yep. bouncing off each other. For, oh, it was, it was good times. Yeah, man. man. We were super like you know wide eyed and bushy tailed. We we're like we get to go to eighty seven and shoot a previs with these guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I was good then. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened. I think I was young, eager, had all these fight ideas. I suck now. <laughs> no, man, it's so no. funny. And you know what's funny? Um, I think. Uh, yeah, I think I think you even I think we even performed in a previous together a long time ago for uh, medieval. You remember that? God, <laughs> Bringing up memories. Jeez, medieval. back when I had good knees. Dude. All right, wow. I remember there's a scene in there where yeah, I do a parkour scene and I flip and uh, I knock out Sam Hargrave and then you. And looking back on it, I'm like, what the hell? I was fighting Larnell and Sam Hargrave in a previs? Yeah, nowadays, I don't think I could book those guys two years in advance. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't wow. even think they perform anymore, you know? Jeez. Yeah, neither of you guys do. Wow, good times, man. It's crazy to see how time growth, flies, man. Growth, man, yeah. is what it's about. But more than anything, many, uh, many uses and respect for all uh, these. No worries, man, no worries. Uh, happy to do my part in any form or fashion, man. man. So, uh, wow. Thank you. Crazy, right? So I know we just went down memory lane, man, but I want to catch people up kind of on like okay. your current uh, career because you've just been on fire and killing it 
Uh, most recently, I think the project you just completed most recently is Teen Titans for DC. Uh, yeah, well, that was the last thing I completed. That was my first directorial debut. Wow. Uh, so I directed uh, episode 12 of Titans, which was right before the finale. No way. So it was got a little pressure, you know, to and segue into the finale. For you know. full first unit directing. Yeah, yeah, full first unit. So um, wow. interesting experience, man. I'll tell you what, it's, um, it's very different. Uh, I became something that I didn't think, which was I prioritize all the acting over the action. <laughs> Where I would look at the action and go, eh, I got time for that. Exactly. I need to get this scene shot first. And, but I'm, normally I'm, I'm going to go on the other side looking at the director like, you're not giving why, me why are you leaving me four hours? You promised me six. So I became that guy. Became and I looked at myself in the mirror. I was like, who are you right now? Yeah. But I, I get it. It was about story, structure, time, and making sure everything had time to breathe, but knowing that I had a great, talented team, great doubles, mm-hmm. where if I promised five hours, shoot it a certain way, I could get it done in three. Totally. And we pulled it off. Okay. I mean, down to the last minute where I didn't sacrifice story, structure, uh, angles, and, you know, so good times. That's amazing, man. And now, did you know you were going to have the chance to direct before you went out there, or is that just kind of, like, dropped in your plate? Uh, no, no, they plan these things out well in advance. Totally. You know, nine times out of ten, they reach out to people um, for the following season yep. months before, book them ahead of time, put them in a slot. Sometimes the slots may change. Um, weird story, I actually... I directed episode 12, but I was supposed to direct episode 9. Oh. I actually started prep on episode 9 for one day. <laughs> there was a mix-up in paperwork. Okay. And that paperwork caused uh, DGA to not allow me to direct that episode. So I literally had to switch with no DP, who was directing episode 11. <laughs> so it went from me prepping, having all these ideas, changing scripts, um, putting my ideas in it yep. to basically doing this here. Take it over. <laughs> yeah. So he hopped in, killed it. Uh, Boris, shout out to Boris. He's, he's an amazing DP and good friend as well. So he killed episode nine. I'm supposed to do episode 11. Yeah. So uh, with the switch, there was another director and the schedule changed from our lead actor. So he needed to wrap out early. So next thing you know, they would have lost her. So oh. she shifted to episode 11 now. Once again, after I've made changes, yep. after I said I want to do this, 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 pre everything, then basically did this again. <laughs> then, luckily, um, direct episode 12. So I actually okay. have three contracts. Wow. Which where is, you would have been director. Yeah. Yeah. And, and here's the hilarious part. There's an office where they have director, your name, yes. and the episode. I got the pictures showing my name <laughs> on episode nine. Episode 11, and then, oh, finally, third time to show them, so. That's so funny. For anyone in our business, uh, we all understand things change. For an outsider, yeah. they're probably like, well, how insane is that, that your job yeah. changes? But and, and, Well, mentally, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's a challenge because you're wrapping your head around the story of these characters for that episode. Yeah. And you have to take yourself out as the action director slash stunt coordinator of the previous episode yes. to start prepping that next episode. Yep. So I basically had to mentally hop back and forth doing double dutch between being an action director versus being a director, which totally. is totally different, and people were filling in on my behalf. Yep. So I was like, no, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, you know, for the next three, four episodes in a row. So That's crazy. Yeah, interesting times, man. Definitely interesting. And it's something that uh, you spoke to, which is kind of just even in general, the difference between uh, television episodic shooting and feature film shooting, where feature film, you do all your prep in the beginning, 
and then shoot the feature TV. You're constantly prepping, shooting, prepping, shooting, prepping, shooting. Yeah, this one was a weird schedule because um, I landed on the episode before the finale, but the finale shot first. <laughs> yes. Of course. Think of that, okay? Yeah. Well, it was to accommodate our lead actor. Of course, believe, it's all scheduling. I believe his wife was pregnant, and she, he needed to get home early to try to be there for the baby, but he was in my episode also. Wow. It's just he was dominant in the finale. So they shot the finale first, and I only had two days with him in my episode. Wow. But we were shooting what's called tandem unit, or, you know, not necessarily a second unit, but where he might be on episode 13. Come over. And then come over <laughs> to me for my scene. You know, so I had to do that two to three times before I officially started day one of no shooting way. on episode 12. That's crazy. So by the time we have our first production meeting, and for those that don't know, when you get your production meetings going, all heads of departments are there. You're going to flip through the pages. You're going to read the scenes. You're going to talk about what needs to be done. By the time we actually had my first day of official production, we skipped past 12 pages. No way. Because I shot them already. You'd already done them? Yeah. That is insane. Never heard of that. Never, never, and trust me, I'm on a TV show right now, and it, we've never done anything I had a lot to. of tandem days with multiple people with half days. Wow. And by the time we did our first official, we was like, oh, shot it. Yeah. Shot it, shot it, and I, I actually forgot I shot it at first because <laughs> no. it was such a gap between. Yeah. yeah, that's wild, man. You have to be super organized in something like that. We're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing yeah. wrong with that either. Yeah, in our dude, business, trust you know? me. It was it was definitely a lot of luck, preparation, and um, you know, a team like a family behind me. That yeah, helped me out, had my back, especially towards the end of the season when everybody checks out. Yeah, it's kind of like seeing one of our own rise up to a different position and Sam let's make sure he looks good. So I definitely appreciate everything that Titans family did for me in that area. That's super cool. Yeah. That's super cool. And now with that being said, this was your first, uh, first unit directing debut, yes. correct? Yes. Um, and then prior to this, you had just done second unit directing. Yes. Uh, I was doing second unit directing on Titans the season before. Okay. Um, did a lot of it on that one. I mean, it was, it was amazing. And it was funny because I was given scenes that involved acting as well. Yeah. So um, it was called Second Unit, but sometimes I was running pages of dialogue before the action. Of course. So it was kind of like getting good practice without the pressure yes. or the penalty if it didn't come out good. Like, her name's on it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah exactly. <laughs> no, but at the same time, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely a great opportunity. And um, did some Second Unit on Alter Carbon as well yes. before then, which was, you know, a big one. That gave me uh, a lot of opportunity to see how things work from a bigger scale, mm-hmm. you know, with the visual effects and, you know, more prep time, which felt like a feature film, but it needed to be shot as if it was on the TV schedule. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. And for those of you that are out there listening to us that are uh, confused about what second unit directing is, I guess the best way to explain it is, generally speaking, on a TV film or feature, there's first unit, which does all the principal photography mm-hmm lead actors and actresses. And then generally speaking, if it's action heavy or if they have too much stuff, they will then have a second unit, which is its own splinter crew or smaller crew. And then they'll have someone that second unit directs those little action scenes or little elements and segments. It could be insert shots. It could be a fight scene. It could be a full on scene, to be honest with you. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, for those of you out there. And and for those that don't know too much about second unit directing, this is kind of a a treat for us. You're the first second unit director we've had on the show thus far. Oh, it's all downhill from here. Yeah, (laughs) but it's cool because I think it'll expose expose everyone to like another facet of the the industry. Um, 
it's not the same guild that we're in as stunt performers, if I'm not mistaken. No, it's not. It's DGA. It's Director's DGA. Guild of America. Yeah, yeah. And um, for those aspiring to that, look, um, everybody has a different path. Yeah. You know, sometimes you might be fortunate to get underneath a good stunt coordinator, be his assistant stunt coordinator, watch him go through the ranks, through the process, the meetings, line producers, liking that person, giving them an opportunity, and you get to see how they grew into going from a stunt coordinator to a second unit director, yeah. and maybe eventually a main unit director. But you might have to step up to fill in for him at that point. While he becomes second unit director, now you go from an assistant to a stunt coordinator. coordinator. Thus, letting the producers see, hey, you can handle this as well. You're good at running the show, too. So if your boss moves on to directing at that point, now you're in his slot, and you might eventually move up to second unit director as well. But um, most of the process is stunt guy, fight choreographer, yeah. fight coordinator, yep. assistant stunt coordinator. Yep. Sometimes some people jump straight from fight choreographer to stunt coordinator. Totally. Then second unit director in some cases. And then there's the weird situations where... <laughs> there are some people who? that go... Soup. What? <laughs> second unit that Wait, what? <laughs> I know. It's crazy, man. Yeah. And sometimes it could be a unique situation where I know some people have leveraged working on, uh, for lack of a better term, smaller budget shows mm-hmm. or shows that really, really, really uh, needed someone. And yeah. so I know guys negotiate and they'll be like, yeah, I'm down to do your show if you allow me to second unit direct. You know what? That's smart. Um, I've been put in that situation before years ago as well where um, you spend all this time doing stunt viz, rehearsals, et cetera, and you fight choreograph, you stunt coordinate, you prep everything, you do your budgets, do your safety things, and, you know, you're ready to shoot it, but then you don't want the vision lost in translation through camera. So once you see the previs, normally they gain confidence in you. If you deliver that to them and they love it, they're like, this is what we want. Well, why don't we let him shoot it? Totally. And guide it instead of just being the stunt coordinator. Yeah, yeah. You know, especially if you have a director who, you know, doesn't know how to shoot action or is uh, humble enough to say, hey, look, I know that's your forte, that's your area. I have no problem with you stepping in, guiding the camera, setting my angles, telling what lenses I should be on for this, and basically enhancing the previs. Because to me, I feel like the previs is an example. You should go above and beyond the previous. Of course, if you can. Unless, unless you're like Brad Allen or someone else where the previous looks totally. better than the freaking totally. final product. I'll watch his previous anytime. I go, jeez. Yeah, I know, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, but it's, it's an interesting process. And um, if anybody's trying to pursue that, just take your time. Okay. Take your time. Do your research. Um, I'm a big YouTube guy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm always checking out. Uh, foreign films just to see what's out there, yeah. see what's the next wave. You know, um, a lot of people we talk about what's the next wave because if you own the next wave, sometimes it puts you a step above the next person whose resume is equal to yours. Totally. Because you might bring a flavor that this producer wasn't thinking about. You know, whether you're like, okay, here's an example Tony Ja, Muay Thai. Yeah. So you can say, okay, good. He started a wave. Ray Salat yeah. started a wave. And if some people remember, even Terminator started the wave of Krav Maga. Yeah, well, actually, you're kind of right in some regards. Yeah. Everything starts with a style. A yeah, style yeah. starts a wave. Totally. What's the next style? There's no style that's going to be invented at this point that may take over, but it's how it's presented, yeah, how yeah. it's filmed, that may make you say, okay, good, I'm going to do Savat. And next thing you know, you shoot it a certain way, you mm-hmm. go, and you make it seem fresh. 
next thing you know, you're second unit director yeah. because you capture the essence of something fresh and new. Now we want you to present it to the world. Totally. That's a really cool way of explaining it. And do you remember exactly how you got in? Um, like, I know, like, for example, for those of those that are listening out there, uh, we tell stories of to get into SAG, you have to yeah. get Taft Heart Lead or you have to, like, obtain vouchers. Yeah. Do you remember, like, the process for you? Did you do, like, a single job and get into DGA? No, I, DGA. Okay. Um, wow. DGA. Max Steele. Oh, wow. Throwback. <laughs> Oh my God! Look, horrible movie. Great, <laughs> great experience. <laughs> Part of the journey. You know what? Um, we tried our best. That's all I can say yeah. at that point. And, uh, <laughs> it was definitely a lesson and a humbling experience. Okay. Uh, but the second unit kind of fell in my lap at that point. Um, we basically were shooting the finale fight, and uh, one of the actors insisted doing more than what we required of him. The finale, okay. which ran us way over time. Where we only got about forty percent of the finale done. Instead of using a double, you would have got it done yes, quicker. Yes, yes. Okay. So that led to a little panic, and that led to the producer saying, "Hey, look, Cornell can shoot this, blah blah blah." So next thing you know, I actually got one full day to go back and awesome. shoot the fight, and uh, one of your uh, great trickers. And legends, a niece. Ah. He was our Max Steel stunt double. Yeah, niece, I shouted you out <laughs> on a horrible movie. You're welcome. Exactly. <laughs> you were uh, part of it, dude, even I though he was under he was the mask. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. No, he did a great job. Okay. And um, if I showed you the stunt vest for it, it was pretty cool. So Vlad, Vlad shot the stunt vest. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And um, we had a great time, but that led to DGA. Ah, that's cool. The ability to join. Yeah. Now, I didn't join immediately because I wanted to wait for the next opportunity that would have more than one day to sell kids. To make it worth the money. Yeah, DGA is like 10 Gs, something like that. It's a lot more expensive than SAG. Yes, (laughs) yes, more expensive. Yeah. Yeah, but um, SAG was an interesting story because I did background. I was going to ask you about your SAG story. Yeah. Look at that perfect segue. I I don't have uh, an amazing stunt story that led to SAG, but... I will say I went the old school route. I did background. Wow. Uh, sometimes I would avoid, because there was a stigma about stunt guys doing background there work. There was. So I would avoid the action shows on purpose you because just, I yeah, didn't want smart. that stunt coordinator seeing me run across with a crowd. And I might be lucky enough to be on his set as a stunt guy yeah. in three episodes from now. So I avoided those. So, But what I did was I always was the guy in crowd scenes and if there was a stunt coordinator there, you know, if he didn't say don't do it, I kept doing it. Yeah. And the AD would go, oh, that was good. Would you mind doing that again? No, I know that can be a fine line. Of course. If days. they tell you not to, you should stop. Yeah, so of course. Yeah, of course. But I would be the guy to find a way to trip and fall during something or whatever in the crowd scene. If, if it was unnecessary, if it wasn't over the top, I would feel it. So I don't don't get kicked off the set for trying to do too much. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it led to a voucher many times, um, starting with X Files. No way. Yeah, Danny was sellers. Rest in peace, man. Dang. Um, yeah, he gave me one, and then um, got another one from some commercial or uh, somewhere else while I was doing a trip fall again that I wasn't supposed to do. And then my final one came on the one with gently. Really? Wow. Yep. It was one of the guys on the mountaintop at the end. Yeah. No yeah. way. Yep, 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 yep. You get a voucher from that. Yep, Gary Himes. Thank you, Gary. Um, he basically, I came by to hustle, 
was pulling pads and uh, I hung around all day, didn't say nothing. Uh, I remember, I'll never forget it was a Sunday okay. of all days to have a rehearsal. Totally. While I'm around legendary stunt guys, I'm new, but people knew me. And I would just, if someone needed a pad, pull that pull the pit, grab that eight inch, I would just fly things in and out. At the end of the day, um, he was like, hey, you wanna work? And I was like, yes, sir. And I was like, I'm not SAG. So um, made an arrangement and uh, I was booked on background. Okay. But I was booked on a SAG voucher. Nice. So I could get a stunt adjustment. Yep, totally. And be with the guys. Yeah, yeah. So at the end of the day, it wasn't about the money. It was about the opportunity to say, here's my ticket. Let's do this. Wow. And, uh, yeah, got to meet Jet Li. And, you know, after that, it was uh, onwards and upwards. Damn, that's crazy. Do you remember around what year that was? Not to date you, but just to put it in perspective oh, no, for no, people. No, no worries. Um, I believe that was around 2002, maybe three. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. probably about right. Yeah. Jet, jet leader one. So if it came out in three, this was two. Okay. You know, somewhere yeah, in that yeah, range. Because totally. I believe I was in L.A. maybe about a year, year and a half at that point. Okay. I was yeah. just going to ask that. Yeah. I came awesome. here in 2001 from New Orleans. Okay. Yeah. Perfect, man. Yeah. And now I have a question for you. Yo, Connor, pull up that picture, dog. Oh, Yo, no. really quick. Oh, we're going to no. reference and You know exactly which picture oh, I'm talking no. about, L. <laughs> what did you find? What did you find? <laughs> Yo. Oh my hey, God. Connor, you know what? Um, I think it's, I think the screen's not mirrored right now, so you may have to like slide it to the right, you know what I'm saying? Like the whole uh, dialogue box. You have to, yeah, there it is. Boom. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> right when I thought I was going to take over the world. <laughs> so when is this picture from? This Actually, is that is um, <coughs> one of my first headshots in New Orleans. Okay, so um, that's what I wanted to know if this was pre-LA or L.A., this was pre-LA. Okay. This is when uh, I had two nine-to-five jobs <laughs> in New Orleans. Okay. And um, I was dreaming about coming to LA. This is a result of Blade. Okay. Here's what I'll tell anybody at the end of the day. You never know where your dreams are going to take you. You never know who you're going to meet, and you never know who's going to inspire you. Yeah. Now, I used to teach at a martial arts school, a few schools in New Orleans. Okay. And... Um, I remember we took some type of trip, and it was the older kids and uh, adults, and we went to see Blade, okay? I remember watching Blade and saying to myself, I want to do that. Wow. Now, a few people on the road was like, you want to be Wesley Snipes? I said, no, I want to be the guy Wesley Snipes is fighting. Uh. And a lot of people don't remember, there might have been just two or three black guys in there. Yeah. But I remember Jeff Amata in it. <laughs> Okay, so, yeah, so I remember one guy jumped out. He had a good hand exchange with Wesley, mm -hmm. but it went back and forth and mixed a little capoeira. Oh, yes. It caught my, see, I know what you remember you're the sequence. About, of course. It might have been seven moments. seconds. It's all about moments, yeah. Yes, it might have been seven seconds, but that seven seconds captivated me to go, oh, my God, I want to be that guy who was just fighting Wesley. Yeah. You know, so now this is 1998, if I'm correct. I think so. When Blake I think came you're out. right. Yeah. So the kids were ready to leave. I keep calling them kids, but they were teenagers, the older ones. And uh, I'm sitting there watching the credits roll. Okay. Normally, you don't stay. And everybody stays now if it's a Marvel movie. if you movie, know somebody. If it's yeah. a Marvel yeah, yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, you want to see that little you teaser. <laughs> but back then, no one stayed for credits. No, 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 and no. especially in New Orleans. So I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm seeing Stunt Coordinator, and I see Fight Choreographer. So I write down the names, and I go home. I go on AOL, 
AOL kit. Wow. <laughs> Dial up. Hear that slow sound. Boxes. Yeah, log on. And I type in a guy by the name of Chuck Jeffries. Yep. So type it in. He has a chop sake website. Believe it or not. No way. Showcasing his stuff, things he's done. And I'm like, I've seen this guy. Yeah. Cynthia Rothrock and other people. And I'm like, this was one of the first guys I seen do a 540 sweep in tennis shoes and jeans on the street. Totally. And it had to be in the 80s. Yep. So if people want to talk about where did you see a 540 the first time, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say Chuck Jeffries. Wow. This had to be early 80s. Okay, if anybody want to do their research on tricking history and maybe one of the first tricks or whatever on film. Totally. That was one of my first one where I was like, what was that was kick? That? Yeah. Yeah, it was, a, it was a butterfly crescent to a 540 to a front leg sweep. Damn. And acid wash jeans yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with thick white tennis shoes on, on That's the street. Crazy. So anyway, um, I reach out to him. And uh, we do a few emails back and forth. Okay. I send him my VHS tape (laughs) of me in competition, uh, doing katas, weapons, and whatever. And uh, he replied back, hey, you got a lot of talent, man. You know, what do you think about doing, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, I actually really want to try to pursue stunts. And Blade inspired me to try to pursue this avenue. So at the time, he was about to start prepping Blade 2. Wow. So he was like, hey, come out to LA, maybe I can get you on and, you know, introduce to some people or, you know, just be around, you know, so to feel how things go. That was enough for me. Mm-hmm. So um, I literally quit my job. And I had a good job at the time, doing well, no struggle with bills or anything of that nature, quit my job and basically decided to come to LA. Chuck didn't do Blade 2. <laughs> <laughs> He, oh. His deal didn't work out. Wow. But by that time, I was already in L.A. I'm um, staying by Arnold Chun's place. Totally. I think everybody stayed by Arnold Chun at some point. At some point, yep. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Uh, so I just stayed there and then pursued the path of um, going with SAG vouchers, trying to get those and doing background while Dang. meeting coordinators, training at L.A. Valley College, and the rest was history. Wow. Speaking of history, um, just recently... I completed what I would call full circle. And I'm only saying this to let people know you just never know who you're going to meet, who's going to inspire you, and how you might be able to give back to them. Years later, after moving to L.A., I was able to hire Chuck Jeffries ah, a few times. Super uh, cool. That's we the went, best. We went to Puerto Rico together on a project, and we also went to Indonesia together. Nice. For a project I still can't talk about because it might happen. Okay? <laughs> All right. Um, but most recently... Uh, Chuck Jeffries, you know, he was the fight choreographer of Blade. Mm-hmm. Recently, I was able to hire the stunt coordinator of Blade, Jeff Ward. No way. Which was crazy to me because I had to Completely tell him the story. Circle, yeah. But Jeff knew Chuck, and he was like, you're the guy that Chuck said, blah, blah, blah. Wow. And it was like, it's an honor to have you on my set, sir. And so it was just all day, hey, hey, Jeff Ward's not doing anything. Yeah. Let him rest. <laughs> Let, Let him sit. sit. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I had to give him that us, you know, like, bro, you was part of a movie that changed my life. A hundred percent. You know, and man, it was like full circle. And we called Chuck on the phone, FaceTime and everything. And it was like, now we all got to get together on some sets. Crazy, man. Yeah. Wow. Inspiration comes in many forms. I I, I didn't know that it was a specific project that inspired you. It was. It was. I mean, I loved all the martial art movies. You know, I was big into all the 80s movies, the Hong Kong movies and stuff. And, you know, you can talk about Bruce Lee all day. You can talk about Jackie. Samuel, Benny the 
Peter Jet, you know, those guys, you know. And Donnie was in and out at that point. Like, Donnie wasn't Donnie yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, not fully Donnie. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. He didn't evolve to that final level yet. <laughs> totally, totally. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we all had yeah. our people we loved, yeah. you know, whether it was Jeff Wincott and, you know, just watching Koichi and those guys totally. in those movies back then, man. You know, so it all was inspiring. But Blade made me go, I want to do something different with my life. That's crazy. Yeah. Here we are. That's super cool. That is super wild, man. And, and you know what's funny? There's an experience in my life that I relate very closely to Blade 2, uh, mm-hmm. to Blade, the first movie, okay. which was uh, when that movie was about to come out, mm-hmm. they had an event in New York called the Masters of the Martial Arts that aired on TNT. See, I watched that. And they brought my dad out, and they flew my family out. And uh, when I was there, wow. I got really inspired to pursue the industry because it was the first time that we were surrounded by not mm-hmm. only martial arts masters, but people in film and TV that also did martial arts. And so it's kind of crazy that you say that because dude, that was the first time that I met the West coast action team in Mm -hmm. person and got to like train with a lot of the guys. I think Kim Doe was performing there. Still part of that. Yeah. Or is Ernie Ray still part of that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Junior, junior was there on stage. Yeah. Yeah. I remember all of them on stage. Yeah. Yeah, And so for me, it was full circle because uh, my mom used to compete against Cynthia Rothrock and Karen Shepard. So like I met them, I remember meeting West coast uh, I remember meeting Sinbad. Like to That's me, awesome. this was like a life changing experience. And it's uh-huh. funny there was the same movie. It's funny we got a blade connection. Blade connection. That, that man. is crazy, man. Yeah. That's why I tell people never take granted the power of film, dreams, inspiration, even TV. You just yeah. never know. You know what may make somebody go left when they were going right, or change their direction and and do something they never thought they could accomplish. You know, and that's why I, I take it very seriously when we get an opportunity to express ourselves on film, on TV, yeah. forever. 100%. Somebody might be watching that and go, I want to do that. You know, I get a lot of emails from all over the world from different people, whether it's through IG, Facebook, or other places, where people wanting to come to the States or yeah. if I come to their country to do a seminar or hopefully we can work together. And, you know, I do not take it for granted because I was that guy on the other side of an email in That's 1998 cool. that changed my life. That's why I don't mind doing seminars yeah. to try to hopefully uh, inspire somebody, maybe help somebody push a little further, give them a different version of how to get to a stunt coordinator a little faster or with being seen yeah. without trying to make yourself stand out too much, you know, and try to find a better balance of getting there a little faster but still earning your way since uh, there was no uh, protocol or anything in place. It was just hop in your car. And I'm about to go to school. Get your Thomas guide. Yep, I was going to say. Get your Thomas Maps. guide. Yeah. Get your pager. Totally. <laughs> and go downtown and follow yellow signs. Yeah. And get out the car and hope to get five minutes after standing there for three hours to hand over your headshot. Nowadays, uh, stunt phone and all these other yeah. things and texting. God, I wish I had it. I, <laughs> man, I think about it all the time. Like, I, I was joking with someone the other day and I was like, we're so lucky. I just literally like did a whole like little uh, budget on my phone and sent off a little video edit to someone. Mm-hmm. Like, remember when you had to go home to answer the phone? <laughs> like, oh, dude, I remember when you get that page. They're like getting a page on a one ten or the four or five, and you're trying to get off and run to a payphone because you know I, I didn't have cell phone. Then, yeah, yeah. You know, because we're talking early two thousand, and um, look at that page and. You know it could be Joni's, it could be Bill's, it could be Teddy's, or whatever your service is, and you just don't know yeah, yeah. who's on the other end that's looking for you. To- yeah. I've, I've, I've heard two old school stories that are crazy. Jeff Amata told me that back in the days, 
because they it was pagers and stuff, if they yeah. couldn't get a hold of you, if you told them you were going to be at like Santa Monica, mm-hmm. someone would go to Santa Monica and scour the beach and find you and then be like, yo, Jeff, you got to go for get this. To your f- you got to go. Wow. And then here's, awesome. And here's one that topped that even more that my dad showed me a picture of the other day. Back in the day for call sheets, mm-hmm. they would have a Western Union delivery guy come bring it to you because there's no email. There's no like faxes. My dad had a call sheet from like Kung Fu the series. Yeah. And it's like a Western Union telegram message saying report to so-and-so studio. And I'm like, that is wow, insane. we are so blessed. <laughs> we could just look on our phone and, and pull up a PDF and a script and a map all at the same oh, time. Yeah. That is awesome, man. It's crazy, right? Sometimes it's good to know where things have came to appreciate where we are right now. Exactly. And I, I can't even imagine where things are heading <sighs> into the future. For reals, yeah. You know, yeah. We're going to be auditioning people <laughs> live <laughs> on TV. Hey, move your table out the way. Ready? Action. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, you're hired. <laughs> yeah, doing like virtual reality auditions where two oh, people dude, fight. You might be on to something. <laughs> you know? Hey. You never know. That's crazy, man. Well, uh, one of the reasons why... Uh, I really wanted to bring you by is because like we said, we've had a lot of other performers on and while you've obviously had an incredible performing career to get to this stage, uh, the fact that you are a stunt coordinator and a second unit director lends itself to giving, I think a lot of pertinent advice mm-hmm. to beginners. So I think like a couple questions that everyone out there would want to know and, uh, you know, would kill me if I didn't ask, which is what do you look for as a stunt coordinator when you're seeking out new talent? And let's say it in two regards, one, uh, what are you looking for in a package when someone sends to you? And B, what are you looking for skill set wise, whether that's in a package or seeing them in person? Um, concerning a package, uh, that's an interesting one right there. Because if you're new, you may not have much to present. 100%. But here's what I would say don't let that stop you. Um, if I don't have something to present and I'm new, thinking about this day and age, okay, I'm a firm believer in simple iPhone footage now. Mm. Here's why. Unfortunately, and this has happened a few times to some people, there's a, a new crop of some stunties that do just enough where they fool you. On good on footage. Yes. With high shutter speed. Yes. Where they crank things up or they get somebody who's really a good editor to make them look good. Now... The, the problem with that is some of it, well, isn't that the point? You're supposed to look good. I'm like, yes, you're supposed to look good. Not the but tricks. if I don't know it took 17 takes to get that one take that was fairly impressive, then now if I'm stuck with you on my set, I look bad because your demo reel fooled me to the point. I try to spot it if I can. Yeah, me too. It's really highly edited. You can't spot it. So you just take that talent for what you see and go, oh, She's good. He's good. Then they can't catch on to a five-beat movement mm-hmm. and a fight scene. And now you look bad as a coordinator not knowing <clears throat> that you didn't pick the right person or you're delaying production. Totally. So I would say honest auditioning, okay? I'd rather see you at jam. I'd rather see you in the park. I'd rather see you on the beach. It might not be highly polished. It might not be edited, but I get a sense of your true skill, your timing, how you work with a partner, and there's no magic to this. Yeah. Your talent's the magic at that point. So that's for new people, you know, that are afraid to send something in because I don't have much. It could be hitting mitts, good combos. It could be showing a few kicks. It can be showing a few flips. If you're good on trampoline, show that. Yeah. It could be on the gymnastic floor. It could be showing a few tricks. 
combine all that together, I probably just got a good one minute mm-hmm. reel to send to somebody, even there, though there's no footage. If I have time, I'll be happy to look at it because, okay, great. She doesn't have a, a long resume. She just has skills, but I have a real saying that she can do two to three moves. That's all I need for this. Yeah, I don't mind giving new people an opportunity because I was new. And someone's got to keep that going instead of just referring to the same people that work all the time. God bless them. Yeah, they of course. All the time. And I know them all most of the time. Yeah. But I like finding that new generation who's next. Um, that's for submissions. Don't be afraid to send something and keep it small. Hi, sir. I'm such and such. Thank you for this opportunity for taking a look at this. If there's anything else you need in the future, I would love to blah, blah, blah. Keep it simple. Totally. Very small. Yeah. I don't even know your history, your, your life story. I'm from I'll be getting small, some essays. I'm from <laughs> small town, and I, I took, I got to a blue belt, but I stopped. And look, we all have a story. Yeah. You know, but I would just say, just keep it professional. You're basically on the interview at that point. Yeah. When that coordinator opens up that email, hopefully it's an email, not a text message. <laughs> Thank you for saying that, though. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for saying Hope that. It's an email and not a text message. All right. You have a few moments to just say, okay, cool. This was straightforward, professional. I remember her. I remember him. I'm going to keep them in mind. And I do my best yeah. with that. Um, next question. Which was, uh, which was yeah, it was basically, you know, what would you like to see in a package? And then skill wise, if you're seeing someone in person, what skills are the most important <clears> for you? Or is it just like a feel for movement that you're interested in? Being able to listen to directions. That seems to be the number one skill for me now. This here's, is why I'm asking you. Here's why. <laughs> <laughs> Condor's taking notes back here. Just <laughs> No, here, here's why. Okay. Um, there's many stunt people that come from different facets of background. Um, gymnastics, boxing, martial arts, uh, uh, horses, uh, guys that are very tactical, whatever. And a lot of that brings different mindsets. Yeah. So sometimes their mind or anybody's mind is overthinking things too much where they're too busy trying to impress instead of just being in the moment mm-hmm. and paying attention to what need at this moment that's it i know you've been working on your corkscrew yep. i know you've been working on your wall flip but guess what i need i need you to throw this hook punch <laughs> bob and weave and tackle the actor through the table exactly i don't need you to say sir can i flash kick him sir can i do a, a jumping spinning back kick and get what did i say yeah i need a hook punch i need a bob and weave and i need you to tackle <laughs> through this table that's all I need. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Back to one. Exactly. All right? <laughs> so direction is very important. Okay. Because I get it. I was that young, eager person. Same. I'm that, that wanted to showcase. I've been working on this at LA Valley College. I've been perfecting this trick. I've been doing this. I can't wait to put it on film. I've never got any of my tricks on film. Ever. Wow. Ever. That's crazy to think about. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, it's weird that I've had a career of martial arts, but I still haven't had that pinnacle martial art fight scene and there's a part of me that still wants it so at the end of the day who knows i might be hitting you up and say hey travis (laughs) get one in look look beat me up let's go all right i think i got one i want to show my babies i was good at one point yeah it's uh it's kind of funny that you say that because uh as i start to coordinate things a lot more i start to look back on things that i did as a younger performer and the eagerness that i had and uh the best advice is to just take a step back and do your job. 
Yeah, I, <laughs> I wish I would have took that advice or had somebody tell me that I was just swimming in the ocean in the middle and just saying, okay, just try not to mess up so much you know what I'm saying. that you either lose respect or have somebody uh, not want to hire you. Yes. Now, I, I probably over-hustled a few people <laughs> back in the day. Uh, I used to live around the corner from Buffy. No way. Yeah, I literally was one block from Buffy. So you hustled a few times. Let's say the security guard knew my name very well. All <laughs> three of them. <laughs> the question is this is, did you ever get on Buffy? No, I didn't. Oh! Now, no, no, now, here, now here's what's hilarious Stick about to the that. Heart. Literally, literally. Um, <laughs> oh, my God, this is hilarious. Okay. A lot of guys who've been on Buffy, here's what's funny. I've hired a lot of them now. Yeah. But I remember training, because there was a park right next to uh, where Buffy filmed. I would be in that park running, flipping, kicking, doing martial arts or whatever, doing my own little workouts or whatever. And I would hear horns honking ah. at times. Those were stunt guys going into the lot. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Larnell. <laughs> no Good to see way. you again. You knew I remember everyone. one week I was training for like three or four days in a row. Damn. I literally got honked at by probably eight stunt guys who stopped to say hello to of go course. to Buffy, who all wanted me to come on there. I'm of like, course. no, 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 no. No, 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 trust me. You come, I'll get you out. No, 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 no. Just wait. He's seen me enough. Trust <laughs> me. If he's going to hire me, he's going to hire me. Yeah. Hilarious thing was, according to was uh, John Metlin yep, yep, <clears> at that course. time. Because I remember it was Jeff Pruitt first, and then it was John Metlin. Yep. Um, but he seen me enough. He knew me. Never got on Buffy, but what's hilarious is around season five or six, he calls me for another job, uh, bringing down a house with Queen Latifah and Steve Martin. Ah, okay. I believe I want to credit that to my first official stunt job. Wow. So I went from wondering if this coordinator is ever going to hire me on a show that I think I would do well with, totally. you know, do a few moves and get staked or whatever. Never got on that, but then he calls me for a feature film. That's awesome. And as you know, there's more residuals in that better, than yeah. one episode of TV. So totally. just funny how things work out. That's crazy, yeah. man. Yep, yep. Now, over the, the course of your entire career, is there a project that stands out as the most memorable? And is there a project that stands out as the most rewarding? Ooh, two different things. Yeah, two uh, different things. It's definitely two different levels. <clears throat> um, I'm going to say most memorable... And for those of you out there was, wondering why it's taking him so long, go look at his IMDb. There's a lot. <laughs> no, and there's a lot there's I want to forget, too. Exactly. There's a lot. <laughs> no, no. I'm going to say most memorable. I have to go with Alter Carbon first. Wow. Here's why. Okay. okay. Um, that was one of the ones that I was up against a lot of big-name coordinators mm -hmm. at that time. Yeah, yeah. And I had a decent resume, but I never chased after the big-budget ones. I kind of like the smaller ones because your voice as a coordinator is stronger. Yeah. And your input is more respected versus, you know, oh, shut up, whatever, visual effects, blah, blah, blah. Just give us some kick punch and keep it moving. Even though that was a big budget one, I had no clue um, the scale of it, all right? Because mm. very secretive interview and multiple interviews. Yeah, yeah. So um, believe it or not, as you know, sometimes I travel to India, you know, to sometimes action direct totally. or, or action supervise or simply consult or whatever. And uh, footage from some of those projects is what actually got me all to carbon. Wow, that's awesome. Because they saw actors doing the action, yep. not stunt people. Yep, yep. 
So at the end of the day, when you're going to spend a lot of money in prep, boot camps, um, martial arts, R&D research, and previs, that's all fine and dandy that we get the best performers in the world to do this previs. But can you execute this with my actor on film who the audience is tuning in to see? And it's nothing to take away from the stunt people because we all work together. But we know at the end of the day, the audience is there to see that actor. Totally. So they felt confident that that could be delivered through the actors. So that was an interesting aspect because I was up for another huge project at the time and I was doing this between them. One was being a fight choreographer, mm-hmm. but this one was being the stunt coordinator and action totally. director. But they were so secretive, I didn't know the scale of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So by the time I had to make my decision, $200 million movie here, secretive project here, but it seems really cool. Yeah, yeah. So I just took my chance. Dang. Like that, and then was exposed to the world, what we're doing, and yeah. how huge it was. So, yeah. That's awesome, man. Now, um, most... Yeah, most rewarding. I got to go back to Undisputed 3. Okay, Here's why. Um, I was still new as a fight choreographer, um, and to me, that was my real proving ground. I had no team. It was me by myself. Going out there, choreographing with the locals, and then fortunately, I was able to get some great action actors flown in. To do some stuff, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. I got uh, Iram flown out. Got Marco, yeah, yeah, and I got Latif. Yep, going out. of course. So at the end of the day, most people are gonna say, "Well, look, you had them. Of course, it's gonna come out great." <sighs> Can't say that all the time. Of course not, because some of those same people have been in other movies and they weren't highlighted or featured the way they should have been featured totally. or captured the way it should have been captured. So the producers were happy because they got their bang for their buck. Yep, um, that one led to a few awards, which I was very shocked at because I'm like, it's a low budget movie. No one's going to check this out. And um, I remember it being up against Donnie Yen. Wow. One of his films at a festival and I won. And I'm sitting there going, I'm up against a Donnie Yen film. Totally. There's no way in the world. And so when I hear my name called and I accept the award, I'm still blown away because I remember the pay, the experience, and the sacrifice yeah. of being out there alone you know and uh but it taught me to manage a set um clear concise with instruction with time frame it taught me to work with cameras Mm -hmm. more fluid to get bigger shots bigger scope but still get the intensity and brutality i was looking for and uh, i think one of the biggest challenges of my life still till this day was the finale uh the finale fight if anybody clocks it i believe it's seven minutes and 12 seconds on the script it said they fight. <laughs> That's it. <coughs> the rest you had to come up with. That's it. That's crazy. It said they fight. Wow. That's why I let that resonate totally till this day. Totally, to man. To do a seven-minute fight scene with acting moments and beats that were not on the page. That's amazing. And uh, till this day, I was, I'm like. Was I better then? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, yeah. you're like, thinking, was second. I hungrier then? How did I do wait, that? Wait, what yeah. happened? You know, so, but I look back at things like that. That's why that was very interesting the way you put it. Uh, the most rewarding. Yeah. You know, yeah, because yeah. that led to, I guess, me being taken serious as a fight choreographer. Totally. You know, and it gave me good footage to shop around. Yes, even if you didn't want a tournament fight scene, it still represented what I could do as yeah. a fight choreographer. And it started opening up doors after that. Yeah, that's crazy. 
Now, we kind of touched on it briefly before how uh, certain movies have started certain genres of action. Mm-hmm. You know, we had the Tony yeah. Jaa bring in, uh, you know, Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. And then, um, obviously, The Raid brought in Sea Lot and stuff. Back in the day, uh, I guess, Matrix and Crouching Tiger brought in, like, Wushu. Yes. What, what do you think about the current state of action right now, where we're at? And where do you think it's going in the next few years, if you have a projection? It's hard to say a projection okay. um, <clears throat> because you got these young, hungry filmmakers out there. And a lot of them are our friends. Yep. that get great performers. Um, only thing I see that I can honestly say is a lot of people look alike right now. Okay. I agree, sir. Okay, got it. Everybody's... <laughs> everybody, it's a good style, but everyone's doing the same it's style It's a right good now. style. Everybody's fast. Everybody can wreck. Everybody it looks like they're doing um, a new version of Hong Kong fighting. It's not a new version. It's oh. the same version again. It's just, it's just with our friends. Yeah. And there's still nothing wrong with that. Only thing I would say is I think weapons have to come back mixed in fights yep. because everybody can do <clears throat> great 10 hand-to-hand exchanges, mm-hmm. sequences with kicks and knees and elbows and suplexes and go to some ground work, some ground and pound. That's the normal formula. Yeah. Everybody has that. But when you start incorporating knife fighting yeah. and stick fighting and, you know, things like guys like what Brian Slayer is doing mm-hmm. – you know, Jeremy Reynolds has fooled with some stuff, too, stepped outside the box. And, of course, you know, Vlad Manny always challenged themselves as well. I would say either a style is going to surprise somebody again yeah. where some producer is going to say, I want that. And whoever presents that in the best format and fashion where it's brutal, it's cool, and it feels fresh, you're going to start a new wave. Yeah. And that could be any style. Somebody might do karate. Uh, of course. You know, karate yeah. might be what's next. come back, yeah. You know, where, you know, uh, I was uh, talking with, who was talking? I think I was talking with Vlad one day or something. And uh, not to give away an idea. Someone might do it. It doesn't matter. But when you talk about what could be next, I was like, wouldn't it be cool if some guy, his style was just karate. And he was like, yeah, yeah, like, oh, so I said, yeah, yeah. But when he fights, his whole fight sequences are kata. Ah. And no matter what happens in the sequence, his objective is always to finish, finish it. that kata. <laughs> That's kind of funny. He can only do the next move. <laughs> he can only do the next move <laughs> it's like, in crap, the kata rising sequence. Rising block is next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait, no. Yeah. Throw low. Yeah. Throw ah. low. <laughs> That's <laughs> you funny. Know? So, um, uh, yeah, and, and see the way it resonated. Yeah. It could be taken serious or it or could funny. be a comedy. It could be both. You know, yeah. so I do feel like That's karate could be next because it's still universal. But with America, America sensationalizes international stuff. 100%. They love finding what's over there, bringing it over here, doing it better. Trying to do it better. And yeah. bigger. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, that's not the case. Yeah. Because a lot of people, don't, I was supposed to do the raid remake. I was going to say, I was literally uh, going to say yep, they tried yep, to make yep. the raid. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was supposed literally going to gonna say that right and, now. Uh, <laughs> now, now. Now, here's a funny story about that. Okay. I remember being at my place when I was living in Louisiana at that time. Um, I went back home to Gonzales, and I was there for a few years doing small projects in Louisiana. I remember the raid coming out, and uh, I think it was by at South by Southwest, which is huge. Yeah, of course. Premiering huge stuff, okay? Festival, yeah. And I think it won Best Award or something, you yeah. know, whatever. And it made the, the trades the next days, the raid win, such and such. It was a Sunday. I remember reading that online on one of the websites I visit for Hollywood information. 
And um, not too long after that, it said Screen Gems purchased the rights yep. to the remake of The Raid. Totally. So I read one article that it won an award. The next article, there's a remake happening. Yeah. I remember saying between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m., I feel sorry for the bastard who's got to remake this. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, good luck. I remember saying that. I get a phone call before 5 p.m. that day from a writer that's over a website that I did not know was a producer. Uh, right. No way. So he calls me up. <clears throat> I'm not going to say his name right yeah. now because I don't want nobody chasing him down for totally. stuff or whatever. You know, whatever. I'm going to respect that. Uh, he calls me up, and uh, we've had conversations many times. We stayed in touch. In fact, um, he was one of the guys who was a juror at the, was all the jury at the show that I had won an award for Undisputed. Oh, uh, yeah, for Undisputed. Okay. So he was part of that crew that selected me as top winner or whatever for that uh, festival. He calls me up and says, hey, how you doing? We checking in. We shooting the breeze, talking. He says, so did you see a... Uh, the trailers for this project called The Raid. I was like, yeah, man, that's amazing. So uh, we're talking about it. He's like, yeah, it just won an award, too, and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, I was a producer on it. Oh. I was like, what? <sighs> Wait, you were what? He's like, yeah, I was a silent producer on it, you wow. know. And uh, so we're talking about it. So, yeah, so um, did you read that it's being remade? I was like, yeah, man, jeez, who's going to do that? Yeah, and he's like, too much pressure. And he's like, you? <laughs> I'm like, Wait, what? Wait. And I'm like, I put the phone away for a moment, and it's like, are you interested? I say, am I capable? Yeah, <laughs> you know, so um, needless to say, it, it led to, uh, in a week, being flown back to L.A., sitting down with the producers of uh, Screen Gems, and uh, we started going through ideas, and then the other producers from XYZ, yep, you know, yep. over great guys, love them all, and... Um, a few weeks later, I'm on a plane to Indonesia. Crazy. And that's where I hired Chuck Jeffries. Totally. To come with me. Because Full circle. he practices that style as well. And it was like an honor to, like, big brother to bring him with me. And then, you know, we were there with the boys, Eco and him, for a few weeks, um, prepping some stuff and uh, trying to get it all together. You know, but yeah, good times. That's crazy, know. man. A full circle story completely right yeah. there. But that was a uh, transition of, styles yeah and what could be next and totally. what it could lead to so whether it's karate you know uh savat uh, fma or yeah. whatever all it takes is put in the right hands whether it's a five million fifty million eight hundred thousand dollar movie because i tell people remember the rate was a 1.2 million dollar movie people forget 1.2 mil people forget when you're chasing budgets and you're chasing names sometimes you need to chase story mm -hmm. location and talent you know, Gareth did an amazing thing, and he's like a really good friend of mine. Um, we talk all the time, just checking with each other. Sometimes it's not even about industry stuff. We're just checking on each other's families and how things are going. But um, what he did was something amazing that I believe people can emulate that model. We know many people at Jam. We know people at 87. Yep. We know people all over the world. He took martial artists and made them act. Put the time in, invest. If you believe in somebody, like this is, let's say there's an amazing tricker, martial artist, parkour, um, uh, 
MMA type of person or whatever. They got a good look, chisel, whatever. Like, what's the problem with saying, hey, I believe in you. You got style. You got charisma. Yeah. Take acting classes for six months. Totally, totally. Got you. All right. That's what he did. Wow. He shot, <clears throat> he shot a documentary on Salat. Saw Eco. Eco had this persona and charisma that stood out. And he told him he was going to put him in a movie. Now, the first one was Morantu. Now, a lot of people may not have seen that mm-hmm. one, but this preceded the raid. Totally. So, but he invested in him. Came back, did the acting thing, put him in a movie, got it done. That led to the raid. And now he's one of the biggest stars in the world, mm-hmm. you know, constantly being sought after totally. in different movies. Breaking into mainstream American films. Yeah. yeah, so a lot of our boys could be next, you know, like a uh, shout out to uh, Guy De Silva. He's taking acting you know, serious right well, now. What he's done, I'm very, very proud of him. Yeah. And I mean, I couldn't believe, you know, the resounding, you know, uh, discovery of people seeing him again in a new light. Totally, totally. You know, and I feel like that could happen times 10 mm-hmm. with people we know. You know, that could be Jeremy. That could be Anise. Yeah, yeah. That could be Danny course. Graham. That could be any of them that could step up. And next thing you know, they're the action stars. They're doing the next radio. They're doing the American remake. You just don't know. So um, be what's next. Create what's next. But do your research. You know, if you're going to do karate, Take the idea. I don't care. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you know, just you know? do it good. <laughs> yeah, just do it good. I mean, like like Brendan Hur. You know, he's yeah. he's amazing in karate. He's got personality, charisma, or whatever. He could be that guy doing a comedic, totally. You know, karate yeah. short. Next, no, I want this as a movie. Yeah. You know, yeah. he can't fight unless he's doing his kata. Totally, and he will not break stride the whole time. Yeah. So you know, uh, like I said, stay in the lane of creativity. Stay passionate about it. But do your research. Study what's out there. Be who you are, create who you are, but don't be blind to what else is happening. Just to make sure you don't think you're coming from a place of originality and it was done two years ago already. Yeah, yeah. That's all. That's crazy. And now you've sat here and you've been spitting gems. If you guys are not writing these down, (laughs) re-listen to this. You've been been giving invaluable advice to you. I forgot about it. Keep looking at that picture. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, right? It's up there. No, no, no. Here's what's hilarious is, you know, because I have kids and um, uh, my kids haven't seen me compete. Yeah, yeah. You know, because like uh, all my VHS tapes were destroyed in Katrina. Of course, yeah, yeah. You know, so I don't have me in competition with sparring, katas, and stuff like that, you know. <clears throat> and I made a promise to myself. I said, 2020, I'm going to redo that picture before the hey. end of this year. So you heard it here I, first, y'all. Yeah. So <laughs> so check out Instagram yeah. before December thirty first. I may give myself till December thirty first, yeah, exactly, just to make sure I don't pull anything. <laughs> but I said I want to try to redo that picture again so I can show my little ones. That's amazing. Yeah, Daddy still kind of got it. Totally. You know? So I'm, it's funny you pull that up because that's, that, that's the little secret I was going to keep to myself and just do twenty years ago and now. Yep. Man. So now that I said it, I, it has to be done. It's on record now. That's that exactly. Yeah. It's public. You just blasted yourself. Yeah, uh, yeah. It has to be done now. But it's kind of funny that you uh, what you brought up right there about your kids and stuff because uh, um, one of the questions I want to ask you before we get out of here is something to ask everyone. But I think it's really gonna you're gonna have a different answer than a lot of our younger guests, which is why yeah. I want to get your perspective. Which is, um, you've obviously accomplished a lot and done incredible things. But uh, where do you see yourself in five years from now? And do you have a plan? And then where do you see yourself maybe 10 years from now? And is it still in this business or is it not? I love what we do in this industry. Um, I do believe I want to be on the 
other side of the camera and stay on the other side of the camera. Okay. And uh, hopefully open up some doors for some other people that are doing these cool shorts that need to be turned into films and shown the best way to get it financed, to get their script done, to meet with investors, to try to bring these dreams to life and finish it all the way through. Um, five years for me, look, I, you know, there's pressure because with the whole 8711 group right now, you know, Chad and Dave, they're, they've killed it. They've mm-hmm. brought the industry to a whole nother level. And uh, so, yes, there's pressure. Yeah. There is pressure because if you put your name on something as a director, and, you know, he's from 87, oh, the guys that did John Wick, Deadpool, exactly. Hobbs and Shaw, wait, wait, wait. So there's an expectation of excellency. And, you know, I truly want to be careful what I put my name on as a director. So I am shopping around different things, okay. different scripts, creating my own IPs, you know, things I'm passionate about because, you know, you got to remember at the end of the day, if someone sat you down seven years ago and said, hey, I got an idea. There's this assassin, okay? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's one of the best around. And he kills everybody doing judo. Yeah. You would have laughed me out the room. It's, it's crazy okay? to see, right? Cut yeah. to three sequels later. Yeah. A franchise. Yeah. But I get it. It's more than that. Yeah. But the base of it is, what are we going to teach him? What makes him so badass? Judo. Judo. Yeah. Wait, that's just throwing people, yeah. right? Somebody had a vision. They developed it as a team. They executed it well. And, yeah, they pulled the best in, and everybody believed in them from the core team, and they delivered. Yeah. So looking at that type of model in five years, will I do a John Wick? I have no clue, you know? I might do a get shorty. I might yeah. do a, I might do something funny or off the cuff and be different, you know, because I'm a fan of action horror. Yeah. You know, so I would love to do something like, what would you what would you say to seeing Batista fight um, Jason Voorhees? Oh. You know, in a cool. movie or something like that. You know, where yeah. the hero isn't afraid, but yeah, yeah. he's tougher. That's you cool. Know? So I'm on that wave right now of trying to deliver something people don't expect. Okay. And um if it's actual related, great, you know, but I'm not strictly going after that. So within the next five years, I hope to have a few films under my belt, uh, keep learning, keep growing. And then um, from that point on, maybe move over to producer, Okay. you know, create some original IPs, uh, franchises, some with spinoffs to keep the floodgates flowing. Yeah. And uh, make sure my kids' kids are okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say generational love. <laughs> yeah, that look at at the end of the day, that's the objective. Yeah. Get that pilot, shoot those commercials, create those original IPs. I would suggest that for anybody, but get your foot in the door first. Yeah. Okay. You might bypass the system and go straight to bam. You got a pilot. Bam. This uh, advertising company loves your pitch for a commercial. It, it could happen, and you know, God bless them if if it does go that route. But I'm kind of a slow crawl person. Where, you know, I may shoot a few more episodes of TV, you know, um, maneuver myself around into different areas, whether it's DC, whether it's Marvel, whether it's, uh, you know, um, primetime television, you know. So I'm just looking at those facets right now, just saying, see where I fit in, see what's comfortable, where can I express myself and add more to this production beyond what's on the page. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's really crazy for me to sit here and hear you talk about all these things because uh, I feel like I'm trying to follow in the same path as you. And uh, this podcast has been just as uh, informative and helpful for me as it is for everyone that's out there listening. So, Man, um, at the end of the day, it's about your hustle and your grind. And uh, I was the guy that did things off the cuff, you know. Um, 
if anybody knows me, I'm not a click person. Like you don't, you yeah. can't say Larnell hangs with such and such totally, or totally. he hires the same people all the time. I believe in giving people a chance because I'm the guy that when Blockbuster Video was out and people didn't know how to get to companies, I'm the guy who went to Blockbuster Video, went to the martial arts section, flipped the boxes over, looked at the address, yep. and caught the bus and dropped my headshot off. Wow. PM Entertainment, other places. Wow. On Sunset, Wilshire. And no one knew what they were. Yeah. Millennium walking in. Yeah. Dropping stuff off. Got a few jobs that way. Dang. It's all about your hustle, your grind, how creative you are. You know, um, like I tell people, if you want to be a stunt coordinator, don't chase stunt coordinators. Chase producers. Yep. A hundred percent. If you want to chase a stunt coordinator, be very specific. Yeah. If you want to be his assistant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To learn and grow. Not to take his job. Not to puff your chest out that you can do the job better. But to say, sir, I want to humble myself and learn from you at any, at any point, whether it's internship, whether it's paid or whatever, so you can grow and grow officially and grow in an area that's respectable and recognized. So dang, take chances. Hell Get yeah. out there. Make it happen. And hire me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And well, me one, too. And once me. you get there, okay? Yeah. <laughs> you uh-huh. know, so um, yeah, five to ten years, man. I hope we can have another conversation at some point in my office somewhere. Yeah. You know, and hopefully there's pictures around right. movies and they don't suck. <laughs> that's that's my goal. Max Steel 4. Oh, my God. By that time, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, man. But, um, yeah, but it's an interesting journey, and um, I do my best to try to talk to people as much as I can, you know, whether it's through email, through social media, or whatever, because, you know, I wish people would answer my questions and person that decided to respond to an email changed my life yeah you know so when you accumulate this knowledge you know yes you have your own secrets your own techniques the way you do things and i know you don't give up the shop for free for everything a certain way a certain rhythm you know the way i choreograph and the way i think about fights structure and storytelling i'm not gonna give up my total secret yeah that's why i'm not asking about those today (laughs) i asked the other stuff i have a i have a have a way a systematic way that I design yeah. that might be different than I can name 10 other people that design just as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, but my goal is to say this producer is going to remember me. This producer is going to feel a loss if you don't have me on your project. Once you get a taste of what I can do. Yeah. That's my aim. That's my goal. No sense in of being cocky at all. It's just saying I'm going to invest in my process that once I show it to you, you're going to have confidence and say this is the person that I want over my actors and actresses that's going to give me the level of action design that's going to take us to another level or at least be in talks. Yeah. We're a good show, you know, so um, just want to be good. Don't suck and improve from there. Hell yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you coming by. I feel like we could have charged it for a master class on this podcast. Oh, no, no, no worries, <laughs> but, man. But no, no more than anything, uh, like I said, I appreciate the uh, the invaluable advice. And I appreciate you taking the time to come here and, and not only sit and talk to me, but like provide this information to all of the ears that this is going to fall upon, you know, for this generation, generations to come. Because like you said, the cool thing about what we do, and even though this isn't a TV show or a TV show that we're working on, but this film and this podcast will live forever. So I appreciate you. Yeah, man. You know? I appreciate you taking your time, being creative and uh, having this Avenue for people, man. Yeah. You know, instead of just sitting back enjoying your success. Many people do that. Uh, yeah. You know, now people take time out of their day to say, you know what? It takes two hours, man. Yeah. You know, let me, 
give back. Let me let me teach, inspire, set up something to exactly. help the next generation. So, big us on that, man. Right. right back at right. you, man. And like I said, um, one thing I tell people is I don't want this to be the last time we talk. If anything, this is just like the first one to introduce you to the world and all of our listeners. Well, I, I hope I have something to talk about <laughs> next time oh. that I, I've left and done something <laughs> or whatever that I don't come back and say, hey. Yeah. And even if it's no, no project, we'll talk about that picture by the end of this year, right? <laughs> Look, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's out there publicly. The yeah, challenge is on. Yeah, I gotta do it now. I gotta do it now. So oh, the challenge you know, is on. No camera tricks either. No angling yeah. it low. So <laughs> iPhone footage, like we said, right? Yeah, yeah. I probably will put on iPhone 12 uh, at that time, that so it might funny. help my leg go yeah. up. So. <laughs> Man, well, Dio, like I said, I appreciate you coming by, L. Don't be a stranger to the Jamcast. You're always welcome at Jam, and uh, we really appreciate the invaluable advice. Yeah, man. no worries. And uh, eventually, you know, we should set up some type of workshop seminar for, you know, action directors, action actors as well, because we cater a lot to the stunt industry. Yeah. You know, but, you know, I know there's a lot of people who want to be an action actor. And for me, moving over to directing, that's the next area I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who's next? Who's taking totally. those classes? Who's investing in themselves? Who's privately training? Yeah. Taking these styles that they're not telling anybody about yeah. while they're taking their acting classes as well. And they just need that opportunity. You know? So I'm looking for that next diamond in the rough, you know? You know so can't just be Lewis Tan, right? So there's gotta be someone else out there. <laughs> we love Shout you though, Lewis. Lewis man. Shout out to Lewis. We love and, you, Doug. You're killing it. And congratulations, yeah. Congratulations, bro. man. Yeah, man. We talked a few times, so I'm same. I'm going to try to get him on here soon once he's got some time. So Yeah, man. So let's let's get our boys in these big features, man. You know, yeah. they're, they're the next superheroes, you know. 100%. Yes, the world has to discover them, but take those acting classes, okay? <laughs> you can't just grunt <laughs> and look mean. Happen, yeah. 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 All right. So thank Hell you yeah. for your time, man. Appreciate no, thank it. you, brother. And uh, before we get out of here, um, if you can, can you just look into that camera, let people know where they can follow you and stay up to track with your journey? Okay, I'm old school. I'm still on Facebook, man. If anybody still uses that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if I'm not posting, talking about stupid political stuff or whatever, I'm posting different things about action or whatever. Lauren L. Stovall. Uh, I just got on IG last year. Yeah. Uh, Stovall Action Design. Okay. Stovall Action Design. Perfect. And we'll throw the links on screen so people can follow it, man. So, uh, yo, guys, as always, please be sure to hit that like button, comment, subscribe for brand new episodes each and every week. Join us weekly for brand new jam breakdowns and also for brand new jam cast interviewing influential members of the movement community like Mr. Larnell Stovall himself. So, uh, as always, guys, I got to give a very special shout out to Mr. Connor Simon for one of the cameras in the Switcher app, as always. I got to give a very special shout out to our guest this week, Mr. Larnell Stovall. And as always, guys, coming at you, coming through, I'm your host, Travis Wong. Thanks for joining us here on another Jamcast. Until next time, see you all soon. Peace.